This podcast contains language and subject matter some may find offensive. Keep out of reach of children and the elderly. This is Canadian Spirit. Hello and welcome to Canadian Spirit. I'm your host Kelly and today we have a bit of a special episode for this in-between seasons shenanigans that we've got going on. Today I have with me a witness to a Bigfoot himself. Why don't you introduce yourself, sir? How are you doing today, Kelly? Well, not too bad. I'm uh, Jay, as you know. We've known each other for three and a half years now. Had this encounter, I guess you could say, in 1995. But it is the only encounter that I have seen the whole the whole big show, I guess you could say. I suppose. Uh, why don't you take us back to that day of, of your encounter? What was going on that day? Well, buddy of mine and I, we uh, we used to go to this place called Big Ditch. And every year the carp that come in spawn. And it was probably only 20 feet wide, 8 feet deep. But it come in off one of the Great Lakes. And we'd go there spearing these fish. 13, 14 years old. So every weekend, that's what we did. When we didn't have hockey or baseball or anything, we'd go out to Big Ditch and we'd try to spear these giant carp. And I mean, big carp. But anyway, we uh, would walk down the tracks. We'd walk down this service road. It was the same thing every time. But this time was a little different. As we got down the tracks to the road that leads to the big ditch that we called big ditch anyway i don't know if it was a specific river or whatnot but uh that's what we called it anyway so we got to the service road and you could look straight down the road probably five eight kilometers seven kilometers straight dirt road one side was cornfield the other side was just big ditch but when we turned to go straight towards the cemetery at the end of the road towards Big Ditch, I noticed a pile of fish, knee-deep, nothing wrong with them. We didn't think anything of it. We had our bamboo spear stick things that my dad got us at a yard sale, and we were screwing around with each other, pretending we're Bruce Lee and Kung Fu stuff and whatnot. But then I noticed down the road that there was like another pile or a giant rock, and we stared, and we both looked at each other. We didn't really think anything really i guess kept screwing around with our sticks i whacked them in the back of the legs and when i did that we kind of both were looking at this thing that we thought was a rock by the pile of fish that stood up we're literally in the middle of nowhere there isn't people to just walk out there to hang out naked in the middle of nowhere Mm. Yeah, that would definitely seem a little strange. So after this thing stood up, it kind of just stood there. We stood there. And I mean, we were within, I'm going to say, 120 yards, 140 yards. And that's just a guess. But when it had 40 feet to get to the cornfield, I could see its long hair, giant quad muscle ass muscle, buttocks muscle, whatever you want to call it. But the part that was kind of funny was the the penis of it. Okay. 
put a pin in that. We'll get back to that in just a bit. Um, so this is one question that I frequently ask in paranormal investigation. It's the one that I loathe to ask the most. But this is simply to establish credibility or to uh, establish exactly under what circumstances the encounter took place. So, unfortunately, I do have to ask, were there any kind of drugs, alcohol, or prescription medications that you were on prior to having this encounter? Absolutely not. All right. That's good. I, again, I apologize for asking, but it's no. something that I do with every it. single investigation. It doesn't matter if it's cryptids, ghosts, UFOs, and you'd be amazed at how many times people say yes to that question. So, now with that established, uh, what could you tell us... Can you tell us any more details about the appearance of the creature? Did you notice anything else unusual? Unusual, other than how fast it moved from the shoulder of the big ditch side of the road into the cornfield disappearing was probably five strides. And they were weird strides, but while he was striding, like I said, you could distinctly tell that it was male due to, you know, seeing things flopping like an arm, but it wasn't an arm. As you could see, the other two arms in distant motion away from each other at different heights. So, we've seen that. We, we didn't know what to do. We got to the second pile of fish when we got there. None of the fish were harmed. There was no holes. There was no blood from the fish there was no snap necks no rip jaws no holes from spears nobody else was out there it's almost like the same cut with its bare hands hey was in the river big ditch whatever you want to call it by hand throwing it out and kind of putting it in piles in certain sections on that road to come back and get it that's Ooh. what i see now i don't know exactly that whole area but i did talk to an old native guy in new york state from close to where this encounter happened he claims that they drop the adult sasquatch drop their young juveniles there in that sort of area due to the abundance of corn fruit and coverage within all of resources that they would need I don't know how true that is, but uh, this thing wasn't very big, as in height. It was probably six six foot, but it was probably, muscle-wise, I'm going to say 280 pounds. Yeah. And you said that this is probably an adolescent, uh, given the, um, the testimony from the indigenous folks that you spoke to. So, I mean, if it is an adolescent, it's still not fully grown. And no. What a lot of people say, you know, Sasquatch can stand anywhere from seven to eight feet tall. So it's not entirely outside of possibility that this thing could, in fact, be an adolescent. Exactly. So um, some witnesses, when they encounter these things, they claim that upon encountering them, um, that they experience sensory distortions, such as like a, a loss of time or nausea, terrible smells or anything like that. Do you remember anything? Like that in your experience? No. Okay. Not that I recall. I mean, we were young, 13, 14 years old, but like I said, we were just screwing around, pretending we were kung fu masters with our bamboo sticks when we realized what the heck was even happening. And 
I mean, it wasn't like it was a full, complete Afro hair. It was long, straggly. Abs were almost bare of hair. Same with the forearms. And it just seemed like there was hair, like wrists, shoulders, back, legs. Like it's buttocks muscles weren't even as hairy as you'd think as yeah. all these pictures and everything else people make them out to be. It's uh, interesting that you say that because in the Patterson-Gimlin film, the very famous uh, film of Bigfoot, yep. when you think of Bigfoot on film, the first thing that pops into your head, I guarantee, is the Patterson-Gimlin film. Yeah. When you look carefully at that, it's very similar to what you're describing. The hair seems to thin out toward the lower back and toward the wrists. It sure does. Yeah. Um... Now, if you wanted to compare what I've seen to that, nah, that Gremlin Patterson was just real stocky looking compared to this. This looked more muscly. Mm-hmm. Also, like, too, the creature that appeared in the Patterson-Gimlin film was uh, decidedly female because you yeah. could actually see its breasts. You around. actually can, apparently, from some of the new digital footage yeah. that comes out. It's actually, that that whole experience has pushed me to be absolutely involved in trying to figure out and find out something. Because it's not just the first time. It's the first and only time that I've actually seen it. But I've had other encounters in other parts of this country of Canada. Yeah, you betcha. I'd love to talk to you more about that. But uh, one thing that you've touched on already in this interview, and I think that as far as cryptozoology goes, there has been a very large debate that I think you're actually in a, a very unique position to finally put to rest. And that's the matter of Bigfoot's penis. Please, Jay, tell me everything. I need to know all the details. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, so it was definitely, uh, like I said, flopping. It wasn't an arm, and uh, I'm sure there will be some happy female Sasquatches out there, if I could just say that, for as many details as you need, or do you need more? Well, I'm just wondering, because some of these cryptozoologists, they say that Bigfoot's dick is more like a, a dog's dick, and other people debate that, saying, no, it's more human-esque in shape. Well, at about uh, 120 yards, and as much as I could see, uh, the best way I could describe it would be um, you making a fist with your hand and then flopping your arm around from your elbow down. So yeah, similar shape to that. Okay, yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> and I'm, I could guarantee he wasn't circumcised. How's that? <laughs> so Bigfoot is not Jewish. Glad Definitely got that out of the way. Definitely not Jewish. <laughs> um, but that's about uh, all I could say about that topic, I guess. And all right, that's great. Because um, you said you grew up in this area, right? Where this encounter happened? Yeah. Yes. Um, do you happen to know of any other strange activity that's happened in that area? The reason that I ask that is because in a lot of Bigfoot encounters, you do hear um, claims of, say, UFO sightings or other paranormal activity. Did you notice anything or did you hear anything about it? Well, actually, I did hear something. And 
what I did here was about 10, 12 years later, two truck drivers that didn't even know each other from two different countries passing each other, where a big ditch runs into a meadow on a highway called 406. And in that meadow opening was apparently, apparently according to both of their police calls that went in, that the thing was anywhere between eight and 10 feet tall and was probably 350 pounds. Both of them called in the exact same description in the exact same area and never knew each other. Hmm. This is another Sasquatch sighting? Yes. Okay. In the same area, apparently. You said this was in uh, southern Ontario, right? Sure. Uh, yes. Um, in a little town on the outskirts of Port Colburn, Ontario, on the shore of Lake Erie near the Niagara River that okay. separates the United States and Canada. There's actually, there's been quite a few um, Sasquatch sightings in that area, uh, which comes as a surprise to a lot of people, but they even have their um, their own, I guess, local version of Sasquatch that they call the Old Yellow Top down there. Yeah, the Old Yellow Top. Now, apparently this thing is a blonde Sasquatch. It's also been spotted. I'm sure you can look it up and check out the footprints that were found in Smithville that Smithville, Ontario, mm -hmm. that uh, spanned out about uh, two kilometers in a perfectly straight line that you couldn't follow as a human. Mm -hmm. I'll guarantee that. Yeah. And the footprints were absolutely mammoth, 23 inches. Wow. And that's all documented. Yeah, that's a big ape. I'd say. It's definitely something that we'll uh, look at uh, covering in a future episode. I. Sure as hell, no, it ain't a cougar. Yeah, well, I mean, like, with the foot shape that we see is typical with Sasquatch, the, well, in some cases, what happens, especially in snowy areas, is that, you know, bare footprints. Yeah. when Double made, tracks. Yeah, when, or when they're made in snow and that snow happens to melt, they can elongate. That happens a lot in uh, certain uh, I guess not Sasquatch sightings, but when people come across these footprints, and that's what it ends up being. But well, I hate to burst your bubble, but I don't think there's ever been a bear in Niagara. Probably not. <laughs> ever, unless it's at Marineland or the Toronto Zoo. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there I have heard of the double footprint of the the bear overlapping. Um, but like I said, I don't think there's ever even been a bear in Niagara unless somebody brought one back that they shot from north. But. Like the one thing that uh, I've noticed looking into um, Sasquatch and whatnot is that when you take a look at uh, footprints from, I guess, more or less um, genuine encounters or genuine sightings, when the creature's actually sighted, you'll notice when you look at the footprint, there's almost like a sideways M or, or kind of like a backwards three. Okay. And that's more indicative of primate locomotion. Like, say, larger apes such as gorillas or bonobos. They have that same similar kind of featured pattern in their footprint. Because it's double-hinged, right? Like, right by the toes and toward the back of the ankle. So, to me, if somebody is hoaxing those footprints, that's one hell of a detail that most people would not think about. <sighs> 
Yeah, in the perfect straight line, I don't think any human can walk that in a straight line without some sort of guidance or ropes tied to your something. I don't know how you'd even do it, but... Well, one thing's for sure, he would definitely pass a field sobriety test. (laughs) (laughs) Might need it out here. (laughs) No shit. Although the thought of Bigfoot driving a car is kind of terrifying. (laughs) Might be better than some. Oh, no shit. So... Before we uh, close this out, uh, you said earlier that uh, you've been experiencing some other paranormal activity. Do you want to elaborate on some of your experiences? Oh, I've been dealing with paranormal for a long time, Cal. A long time. I don't even know where to begin. I can start and touch down on the Blue Ghost Tunnel in St. Catharines, Ontario. I can touch down at a rental place in Claremont. Alberta, I can touch down on a place in Sexsmith, Alberta. I can touch down on a place in Port Colborne, Ontario, and Troop Road. There is many different things I can touch on right now. I would like to uh, maybe touch down on, uh, let's say, the Blue Ghost Tunnel. Okay. Due to the fact that it's a pretty famous place. Um, there's a lot of history there's a lot of research done on it, and uh, I've outright witnessed numerous things in that place, and not only in that place, but something that came home with me from there and tormented me for freaking 10 years of my life. Bad, bad enough that uh, I'm already starting to sweat and my legs are starting to go even talking about it. I have pictures of the bad man burnt face and it's not just some sort of smoke show. It's an actual burnt face with IT looking in the freaking screen of the camera. Yeah, also- you, sh- you showed me that photo and to me it, it looks very much like uh, if listeners are uh, wanting to Google this, if you look up the painting The Tormented Man, it looks very similar to that. And it's... Uh, one of the more compelling ghost photos that I've seen, and I've been doing the, I've been doing paranormal investigations for about fifteen years now, so that's saying something. But yeah, go, uh, go ahead there, Jay. The Blue Ghost Tunnel. Now, I uh, I don't even like this place. I couldn't even step through the door that uh, was blocked up and barred up. I guess you could say, but my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law went in. They got all the pictures they needed. I got slapped. My wife's leg got slapped. Um, I've seen probably 30 orbs shoot out of that archway. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that place, that place, that, that, that place, man. That ain't even a place to even go mess with. It really isn't. And anybody that does go there will vouch for me that they probably had something come home with them. When going to places like that, especially, it's um, highly advisable, or I would rather say, you know, don't go there unless you choose to, I guess, find some way of spiritually protecting yourself. Sage, sweet grass, whatever you feel is something that could possibly deter something from following you home, you know, do it. Yeah, because that was uh, 10 years of absolute hell dealing with that, being choked by a, a sweater, 
having my coach lift and drop, have a little girl in my house pretending to be friends with my children and then make them do mean, bad things when they're not even understanding what is how old they are or what they're doing. Absolute torment. It was almost like that bad man. I'm going to call him the bad man because I really don't know what he is or it is, but I'll call it the bad man. It almost like it took over everything of me. Where to the point where I could care less if I ran somebody over in a vehicle or hurt somebody I love emotionally, verbally. It didn't matter. Sounds very uh, indicative of something that's called demonic oppression. Have you ever looked into that? Never. After all this happened, I uh, I tried to block it out. Something that might be worth looking into, just so you can start to, I guess, get a better idea of how to protect against it. Yeah, uh, protecting yourself before you do anything like that would probably be the wisest advice anybody could be given. Yeah. The situation isn't hopeless either. No. Can always fight back. You sure can, and that's what you got to do in certain cases, especially when something like that happens to somebody—a good person, a family man—and that darkness just comes over, and you don't even know how to control it. But you got to somehow beat it out of you, out of your head, out of away from you and your family and everything else. But. Uh, Sacred dirt, holy water, an indigenous lady coming to our place with all different sorts of stuff. It was uh, it was pretty intense, especially when that uh, the indigenous lady that came to my house. I didn't even have to tell her what I was going through, and she already knew. Sitting in the truck, in my friend's truck, sitting there, already knew what I was going through. And didn't even want to have a conversation with me because I was the bad man in her eyes. And I refer to it as the bad man because that's what she referred it to. So I'm going to refer it to that. But anything I did look up, that's what they referred it to (laughs) on the internet. So they do have legends on on this kind of thing? Uh, Apparently. Wow. I, uh, I punched it in once. And I seen that there was a boiler train explosion inside that tunnel. Four people dead. So that's when I stopped reading. But there was many, 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 many more things happening in that place. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the Blue Ghost Tunnel. And uh, that thing followed me for 10 years. And I just thought it was the place we were living in, so we'd move. And then I just figured it was the area due to being an extreme war ground for Battle 1812 and stuff like that. I just kept passing it off, passing it off. But I know now that that's what the whole issue is now when I see look back and I, I realize what was happening, you know, 10 years later after the 10 years of torment. Yeah. Because that's what it did was torment my life, my son's life my wife's life, my oldest daughter's life. It was, it was bullshit is what it was. No, certainly. And one thing that I really want to stress to you, Jay, right now is that I believe you. Well, thank you, Con. Because uh, I wouldn't even be sitting here if it didn't happen. I know. 
And I, I can see, to, like, obviously the listeners can't see this, but I can see the, the, the genuine look on your face as you're re- recalling all this. Like, this is something that genuinely happened to you. You're damn I, right. I know, because I have a story myself that I do not tell, but I know that look of, of uh, authenticity when you're recalling something like that. Well, thank you. Because I know there was three other people other than myself that uh, had this happen to. And uh, we were all there at the same time. And it really sucks. I don't doubt it. really sucks. Because I watched those two people go through two divorces, massive negativity, fighting, fist fighting, beer bottles broken over each other's heads crazy stuff that would never even go on so yeah when when people say that uh, you need to protect yourself I think I would give that advice to anyone that is in that type of business seeking out answers absolutely protect yourself at all costs not only people who are seeking out answers but even just people who want to do it you know tourism into anything paranormal or just want to start looking into it, first and foremost, protect yourself and never underestimate what you might be going up against. Never underestimate it. It'll manifest itself into an innocent little blonde-haired girl that wants to help your children. And it ain't. Yeah. No, because especially with uh, demonic presences and things like that, they will disguise themselves as children or as, um, I guess, seemingly helpless or powerless beings in order to help you drop that... Um, that guard. Yeah, to drop your guard and get in. Well, he sure did that. It's some spooky shit. Sure is, sure is. It's good for Halloween stories, let me tell you. Uh, for sure, but yeah, no, to get... You have anything else to say, Jay, or anything you want to plug? No, not today, Kelly. Not today, but uh, I'm sure we uh, we'll be touching down on a couple more topics later on in the future. I'm sure. Definitely. Same topics, different happenings. All right, sounds good. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Jay. Not a problem, Kelly. Anytime.